You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! I spent a lot of my life having a lot of disdain for those people who would play music at deafening volumes in their car with their windows down, imposing their sound on whoever had to be around them at any stoplight, listening to that car shake, the joints of those manufactured pieces, unable to take those bass frequencies, rattling, pulling apart. Of course, the irony of that is not lost on my older, more thoughtful self, as I've spent over half of my life now playing really loud music in as many places in the world as I can, often involving multiples of other people, using anywhere from 2,000 up to 20,000 watts to these, uh, I mean, simply put, ear-damaging volumes. My younger, more foolish self believed that there was some sort of superiority in my musical knowledge and education, and that it validated it in a different way, because it was music that I had written, music that I had poured myself into and labored over. But the part that I was missing was exactly what I was after in music, which is that that love for music that ability to shape our experience at the moment we're listening to it and to make us feel things that we can't feel on our own is just as strong for those non-musically inclined as it is for someone like me who's had all the music education and music access. And while I may not enjoy that rave techno being blasted at me or a person in their lifted truck blasting a new metal song being played on whatever modern rock radio station. Those people are feeling, or hopefully feeling, what all of us music fans want to feel and what all of us musicians are trying to create for whoever is listening to our music. And while, you know, the elitist, arrogant, young, zealous fool in me can have a chuckle at those stereotypes or archetypes. It, it really is just hating. And this profound, I want to say dichotomy, but really it's hypocrisy uh, that lived inside me for so many years and that I've shared with so many other musicians and uh, 
former haters showed me how misguided I was and how much I wanted to connect with people yet harbored these feelings and beliefs that really just separated me from people. Because at the end of the day, I may not enjoy what these examples of people are enjoying. The fact of the matter is, is that they're doing exactly what my life was about, enjoying music, making the world a better place, even if I didn't feel like it at that moment. If I pulled up to a stoplight and there was a car with windows down blasting my music, I'd be stoked. I used to think that people who would play really loud music in public spaces were displaying the lowest form of self-expression because generally speaking, I had this belief that they didn't know how to communicate or have any other avenues of creativity to kind of show who they were and connect with other people outside of what they do and what they have, which seems to be, I guess, the things that are socially acceptable and celebrated by consumer capitalism, which leads people to believe by default that the main way to connect with people is through what you consume or what you buy or what you choose to use. Oh yeah, I only drink White Claws. I'll only drive a Honda. Oh yeah, I don't go to Best Buy, I only go here. These sort of things, you know? So I used to look down on these these masses, thinking that I had some sort of leg up just because I had access to different realms of art, which then led me to different ideas, which then led me to a different consciousness. Thing is, is that uh, I was wrong. I was denying their humanity. I didn't understand that what I had access to was a privilege, not something bestowed upon me because I'm above them. And I now realize that for people that are just stuck into a nine to five and this structured life where they can only kind of validate how they spend their time by buying and enjoying the things that they have the time and the money to actually need these forms of self-expression way more than artists and creatives like myself. They don't have their lives to devote towards expressing themselves and everything they do. They don't have the luxury of having that space in their life to make every breakfast, every Instagram post, every text to their friends and peers some sort of creative endeavor that they're imparting their consciousness and concept of existence upon. If I'm being honest, I have a really hard time extending that compassion towards those people who ride around on Harleys, who aren't content with damaging their own hearing, but insist on damaging the hearing of everybody around them. Um, but I still understand the, I guess, importance of that expression, no matter how I judge it. I think that even for people that don't admit it, um, most of us, pretty much all of us humans, want to be seen and heard, whether it's by a select few or you want to be famous so you want to be seen and heard by the whole world 
Or maybe you're somewhere in between where you're happy with just turning heads at a stoplight, maybe seeing if people are going to vibe with what you're playing. Or if you're that person on a Harley who just gets off on watching people cringe and plug their ears as you ride by. But when I take a moment to think about it, I see the, the multitudes of horrific, harmful, terrible ways that people try to get that attention to be seen and heard. The things they resort to and the dark places they go because they don't feel that. So while my elitist artist self still wants to make fun of middle-aged people at some bar in middle America drunkenly singing with their glass in the air to that journey song that we've all heard way too many times, I really just can't because if that's helping people feel better, if that's making them less resentful and angry, and it might just stop them from being a reactive asshole to that person on Monday at work or on their commute or to their family. Who can say anything about it? Now again, I don't subscribe to binary thinking. I'm not saying that it's only good when people blast music loud. Uh, and I'm not saying it's only bad. I'm merely saying that I think I understand the need for it and now i have an appreciation for those and why they may do it is it considerate no but uh, if you're waiting for the general population especially in crowded metropolitan areas like southern california to be considerate you're going to be waiting a very very long time Maybe the appropriate punishment for that really loud Harley riding person was that South Park episode. Maybe that was justice. Maybe that was enough. A case can be made for every sound on earth being music. I often hear car or motorcycle enthusiasts describing the sound of their engine or motor as being musical. If that is the case, then uh, the sound of a really loud Harley is one of the worst songs I've ever heard. And that's just me. Even worse than uh, Born to be Wild. And if you're someone who loves that song, I'm sorry. I really hope you get that sorted out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I get up on stage and play music at 120 decibels, which is really really loud and there must be plenty of people who would hear my music and much rather listen to the sound of someone gargling or or a harley davidson or a Flowmaster, way more than anything that i make so i can appreciate that within appreciating sounds and music in that context only we're all equal players on an even level playing field all we do is inhabit different areas and appreciate this universe of music in different ways. No one being less valid or more valid than anybody else. We clump up in tribes, you know, very young, culturally unaware. It gets 
you know, sorted out in these very crude ways. Are you a rocker or a rapper? Those sort of things. But as you start to explore music more, you understand uh, how you can be everywhere and nowhere all at once. Again, I'm speaking only about the realm of listening to music and how you listen to it. So I've mentioned it a few times on various uh, social media outlets or whatever. I've alluded to it in drinking uh, decaf, but uh, I suffer from panic disorder. I'm not going to get into all the details and the working parts of it, but uh, needless to say, it's been a journey. It's been a process. I'm still on that journey and within that process of controlling and mitigating it. But obviously for me, one of the, the first ways that I was approaching it was through music. So, you know, I would sometimes go through week-long episodes of having anxiety attacks virtually every waking moment on a bad day. It could happen every five minutes. On a good day, it would maybe only happen once or twice that day. So in the beginning, kind of employing a wounded very typical mentality, I started gravitating towards relaxing, soothing sounds. I've listened to every goddamn iteration of Claire de Lune that you can, just short of somebody squeaking them out on 26 different rubber duckies. But also being a fan of heavy music, I started to play a lot more of the heavier stuff that I like. A lot more of the older Swedish metal, a lot more of earlier American hardcore, a lot of the really aggressive fast punk. And I began to notice it kind of hitting this relax switch in my brain. And I know that I'm not identifying something new. I think that it's been something that's been expressed many times by many people. And we all have this common knowledge that aggressive angry sounding uh, brooding tunes can really bring us a lot of peace. I think it's a definitely a common misconception for those who don't listen to heavy aggressive music that it's only used to kind of be like this sonic energy drink where it just ramps you up and makes you feel aggressive. But I think most of us heavy music fans understand the kind of I guess reactive nature of it, just kind of like how you can drink lemon juice and have it alkalize your body, even though lemon juice is so acidic itself. I think it's the exact same process with heavy music. So after kind of going through my whole classical catalog, all my sea and cake records, all my Bjork records, all the things that I viewed as traditionally calming and mellow, I started to lean into the heavy music more, especially when my anxiety and my panic disorder were really getting the best of me. And like I was saying earlier, uh, I noticed that it really started to kind of flip this switch where, I don't know, maybe even though I was taking the sounds into my ear, it's like those heavy aggressive sounds were at the same time pulling something out of me this sort of symbiosis where it was imparting as much as it was extracting. And 
it was just therapeutic. It just felt good. I was appreciating Meshuggah playing one riff for one minute and 45 seconds on a whole new level. I understood all of a sudden that therapy. I started blasting metal on my drives to the grocery store as grocery shopping has really been my only real profession and job since uh, touring and being a musician is kind of off the table. And naturally, being a seminal band, maybe not now in their current state, but certainly in their earlier years, I found my way back to old Metallica records. Um, so... Go through Ride the Lightning, kill them all, eventually land back on Master of Puppets. And listening to these remastered versions, I was like, wow, this, this record sounds really great. It's really stoking me out. It's really relaxing me. One day I'm driving to the store about 15 to 20 minutes away. I'm blasting Master of Puppets. Orion, the song to be exact, which is one of my favorite songs on that record. And it's a pretty nice day, 74 degrees, sunny, breezy. So I roll the windows down, pull up to a stoplight, and I notice some eyes on me. So I look over to my right, and there's a mother and her daughter sitting in their Prius with their windows down also. And they're looking over at me with, I guess, what I can only describe as scowls. And the daughter sticks her fingers in her ears, and the mother shakes her head at me. The light turns green, and I drive away. The cycle has been completed. I understand. Thank you for listening. What's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast.